Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we did skip one week uh, last week. I usually try to keep it one episode per week, uh, but I wanted to skip last week mainly so that I could dedicate some time to playing a few games, a couple of games actually. actually I should just say mainly two games that came out within the span of like a day or two uh, to one another. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll skip one week and just kind of focus on playing those games so that I can come today, talk about those games, and hopefully help you decide whether or not you want to check out those games. Especially if you have been following me and you know the types of games that I like and kind of, you know, the way I describe them or my reviews of them. And if you found that helpful in the past, I'm sure this will be helpful now. I think we can jump right into the first one. This is going to be part of my games I have been playing as well. But the first topic is Forza Horizon 5 surprised me. And I honestly do believe this is Xbox hitting back Xbox slash playground games. I feel like a lot of credit goes to those developers because they deserve Fable. By, by you know, I think that should also be said because initially it was you know, people were going back and forth. I mean, we kind of look at Guerrilla Games and how they switched from Killzone to Horizon and obviously that went really well, but that's not always the case with developers, especially if they're switching genres in a way. But Playground Games, you know, they were, they're making Fable and like they're mainly been known for making Forza Horizon games. But playing Forza Horizon 5, I think the first thing I will start off with is that it doesn't feel like a racing game. Obviously, the racing, everything, I, I should preface by saying at the end of the day, the racing, all that stuff feels how it did in Forza Horizon 4, in 3, in 2. The driving is great. The feel is great. All that stuff. But Forza Horizon 5, at least to me, did something where it felt more like an open world RPG adventure game. And you're just, rather than playing a character, you're a car. That, that's essentially what it is. And there are main missions. They're like made story missions, like talk, like kind of figuring out, figuring out, not necessarily like a mystery, but kind of learning about someone who had a car and you know, learning about them and their personality and what they did in the past and how that relates to the car. Obviously, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm doing my best not to reveal, you know, too much. So I will, I will keep this spoiler free in that sense. But overall, you know, like the idea is that there are like the story-based missions where you are being told a story, albeit obviously you're in a car and you're going from point A to point B. In other instances, there are things where you're in a car and you got to play certain things in certain areas. Like I said, I'm being as vague as possible, but you get what I'm saying. Like there are like story-based missions. There obviously are those story-based missions that are these extravagant Call of Duty-esque, you know, uh, cinematic pieces where things are going everywhere. You're racing against something ridiculous so overall like you know it, it is it kind of gives you everything it kind of gives you story beats it kind of gives you gives you like those little crazy moments and then it gives you all that 
that the racing goodness that you probably expect or probably would want from a Forza game. So if you want to go street racing, there you go. If you want to go uh, off-road racing, it's there too. If you want to just go jump off a ramp, that's also there. So all that is there, plus a story, plus all this other craziness. And like, it just gives you this feeling, like almost like a Breath of the Wild Zelda feeling of, hey, let's jump in, let's have fun and whatever, do something, let me explore this area, let me explore that area. And you can just put the game down and play something else. And that was like the great thing about Breath of the Wild, which is what people loved, was being able to go in, discover something new. You always feel like you're discovering something new and being able to step back. And that's what Forza Horizon 5 did for me. And it is arguably one of, if not the, I think I'll say one of just because there are still a few games to go. And I haven't played the game. I'm like, I'm like probably like a few hours into the game. So I don't want to, you know, I, I want to reserve judgment until, you know, I've played a good chunk of it. But so far, it is definitely one of my favorite games of the year. And I knew I would like the game, but I would never have thought that it would be, it would be like in my top 10 of like for sure, because I love Forza Horizon 4. But I didn't think it would be like in my top five or top four, you know. So this game really, really surprised me. Xbox is hitting back. They already had Psychonauts 2, which is, which I just loved. I feel like everyone should be playing that game. That game is just wonderful. Then obviously with this game, and now we obviously have Halo coming out in December, less than a month from now, which will be exciting. I'm pretty excited for that. Obviously, I don't know if, you know, the campaign will be what I want it to be because I think that's what I care about more. Um, as much as I love the multiplayer stuff, I like if, if it's going to be my game of the year, it will be because of the campaign, not because of just the multiplayer. Um, otherwise, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War could have been my game of the year last year, right? But like, I enjoyed that game, but I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's all right. Like, the multiplayer is fun, what I expect from it. But otherwise, not the overall package, right? But yeah, for the Ryzen 5, if you have a Game Pass, I don't know what you're waiting for. De definitely download it, start playing it. If you don't have Game Pass and you're thinking about purchasing this game, seven, like 79, I always revert to Canadian dollars because that's the price I see here. But 60 USD for this game is worthwhile. You will get $60 worth plus more. This is like Skyrim level or Breath of the Wild level $60. Like you will get your money's worth. You'll have a great time. And again, go in knowing what the game is. Go in knowing this is a Forza Horizon game. And they have iterated on that concept and have continually ma made it bigger. Um, it is more open to newcomers, which is great. But of course, don't go into Forza Horizon 5 expecting Metal Gear Solid or something like that. You know, like go in knowing that. And if you are already interested, you like the whole concept of open world racing games, mixed with you know like the burnout thing with some craziness with some story modes and all that stuff amazing music and you already like that you you want to you want to drive around in mexico you and you're like all in for that then yeah this is a game for you you should definitely go check this out with that we'll go on to another game that a lot of people are excited for or about and that is elden ring elden ring recently got a big gameplay reveal recently and I think a lot of outlets got to experience the game and play the game for like a good chunk of time. And obviously this is getting nothing but praise. I, w I wasn't able to get into the network test and all that. So I would have been, I would have liked to have come to you with that knowledge, but it's okay. We can still kind of report on what we saw based on the videos and everything and what people are saying. And basically the main gist of it is that, yeah, like if you like any Souls games, you will love this game. If you are someone that found this game or this whole concept and whatnot a little daunting, this might be the game for you to jump in. And that's kind of where I go into my, my topic for, for Elden Ring is that 
Elden Ring is basically going to be the Animal Crossing for Souls games. And this is the game that will get mainstream audiences in. This is the game that will get everyone, anyone that was like even remotely interested in a game like Elden Ring, this third-person action game with the grand world and everything like that. But it was always of, you know, like, I don't want to get into a game. It's too hard. It's going to be, you know, you're going to be like dying again and again. And you have barely any health. You have to go from one spot to the other. And then if you die, they have to start, start back again. All that seems to be changing for the better in this one. So the first thing is that there apparently seems to be not that big of a gap between the, your save point and like where you need to go or where the boss is. Like I, I was playing Demon Souls recently and in Demon Souls, one of the bosses, there's like a huge, huge route. You gotta take all the way to the boss. Uh, it was the, it was Tower Knight. You gotta take a huge route all the way to the boss. If you die anywhere in between, you start from the beginning. If you get hurt too much on the way there, like, yeah, like too bad. Like too bad, you've already lost all your health. You maybe have you, you consume like your consumables for your for your health, like too bad. That's all you have. And now you're gonna fight this boss. So like that was what it was in Demon Souls, which was their first array or first kind of venture into this sort of genre of whatever they created, right? But with Elden Ring, that's not the case. And in Elden Ring, first, the one thing is that it is open world to the point that it is more like Breath of the Wild. So it's not like the other Souls games. In other Souls games, it gives the impression that it's open world, but it's more of like you're you're getting funneled into areas, even though it's open-ish, and it gives you the, the 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 opportunity or just like the freedom to go in certain areas. But it's more like no, no. If you go in that area, you're gonna die like ASAP. You gotta first go here, and it's more of like oh, I I I got it. I gotta go this way first. In this case, they have kind of made it fully open world. Now I don't know if certain areas are i'm pretty sure it will be certain areas if certain areas are blockaded in some way that no you're, you're too you're not strong enough for this area you, you're gonna get destroyed in that sense uh, i'm sure it might be like that but the idea is that it is open world you're able to explore wherever you want whenever you want go anywhere you want in the entire map on top of that there is a map you can literally press a button to open up a map put markers kind of like breath of the wild go wherever you want to go and obviously they have like these uh you know weird enemies and whatnot just walk around the open world and you can kind of kill these enemies and even if they, they damage you once you kill these enemies or like that mob of enemies you get your health back you literally get everything replenished that's how open this game is to getting more and more people in it's saying that yeah before it was like you you battle it out against someone and then if you lost health that's too bad you need to like find a bonfire risk every risk like losing everything up to that point because once you go to a bonfire it resets right Other, unless you find like a new bonfire in like a new location if you go to a, a previous bonfire it resets and all the enemies spawn back so in this case like the idea is that it's like i'm sure like the, those areas exist like there seems to be like this like path where you go into like these dungeons almost like zelda style but overall the idea is that like no you can kind of go in and you're able to kind of replenish health replenish all that along the way fully not like you're like wasting SS flask or whatever whatever we have in this game so that was like a really cool thing already the other thing is that they have companions and not necessarily companions the way you think companions more like it's like a power you press like a button and these companions kind of spawn and they can help you fight enemies and the great thing is that these do that they do enough damage that they can stagger bosses and enemies and whatnot and that definitely goes a long way. If anyone of you has, has played any Souls games, you know 
how those the stagger is is key to getting a boss down and like having these companions that you can just kind of unleash on a boss and you're just kind of running around taking your time moving moving around and there is a jump in this as well kind of like Sekiro I should also say that but these companions are just kind of like hitting the boss you're running around you're taking your you're taking your breath and the boss gets staggered you come in get a few attacks like that goes a long way to making a game that was extremely hard where you know you need to know every move inside out here it's giving you a bit of a breather here it's saying okay take a beat it's, it's tough i know send your companions out they're not going to do like crazy amounts of damage but they will kind of take away the attention and then at the same time they can still stagger the enemy and i think that's really cool and of course there's also the whole multiplayer aspect of it where you can get kind of, you can get like people join in and help you I'm hoping that they make that a lot more easier than it was with the with the, with the Souls games, even even with Bloodborne. If they make that aspect of it pretty easy, pretty simple, like I can imagine that also going a long way to helping people go through this game. At the end of the day, the game is still tough. The game is still gonna be a Souls game, but like this is this seems like a game that is gonna be focused on. Hey, let me tell you a cool story because they worked with George R R Martin on this. Let me make this open world. Breath of the Wild concept, which everyone loves and everyone is waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out. So until then, here you go. At the same time, let us get more people in this. Let's just get pe more more people, get the mainstream audience, get more people who are who are waiting on the sidelines because they like the game. They like how it looks. They, they see how fun it could be. But they're like, no, I, I don't want to jump into a game and just continue to die and just waste hours and hours of my day and feel horrible about myself. I think that's what this game is about to do. And I'm really, really excited about this. I cannot wait. Uh, it's coming out in February, I believe, because it was delayed from January to Feb. But I mean, that's only two to three months away, right? So we're, we're getting there. I'm really excited. So the next topic will be Battlefield 2042. Um, will this be the repeat of Battlefield 5? And this game is, is just kind of all over the place. A lot of people are kind of, and based on the, the previews and the reviews and everything that is coming out, a lot of people agree that it is a fun Battlefield first-person shooting game. But a lot of people also agree that there's a lot of issues, that this game probably needed a bit more time, which I think a lot of people could tell, a lot of us could tell that, you know, maybe, maybe we need a bit more time. Maybe this game needs a bit more time with the development team to work on, iron some issues out especially after the alpha and the beta and the amount of feedback that they were getting one month or one and a half month or whatever it was is not enough to make these changes but they obviously needed to release this game you know ea at the end of the day is a company that needs to focus on putting games out making money so they can keep their shareholders happy and that seems to be what is happening with this game there's no denying that battlefield 2042 is a fun first person shooting game but the problem is that it, it's, it's a fun first-person shooting game, but if it doesn't run well, if it has issues, if it has bugs, if it's taking you out of that fun first-person shooting game kind of immersion, then at the, at the end of the day, then it's like, what's the point? You might as well, you might as well wait because they're going to be working on this. They're going to be working on fixing this game after it comes out. And this is something similar that happened to Battlefield Five, if, if I'm not wrong. Um, I think there were like issues with the online there's something similar, similar what, what happened to Battlefield 4, which everyone loved once it was done, once it was fully ready or fixed, which was like a year later. But at that point, everyone had moved on. 
But anyone that was playing Battlefield 4 was like, no, this is actually really good. Similar to Battlefront 2. When that game came out, people were not happy. But now a lot of people who do play that game, uh, I've played that a few times as well. Like we love it. We're like Battlefield, Battlefront 2 is actually really, really good. And that seems to be what's happening here. And this, I just don't understand why. Like they, you, you can see this is just going to be a repeat. They're just going in the same direction again and again and again of let's make a good game. Let's make, that's how it comes, out, uh, comes off uh, initially with the marketing. Let's, we're going to make a, a good game. We've been listening to your feedback. We want to make a game for the players, for the Battlefield fans out there. They work on it. They show us all this marketing material. We're all like, yep, we're sold. This game looks good. And then it's like, wait, wait, this is how it's going to come out? It's like, no, 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 it's not, it's not going to come out like that. Even though the game's coming out for a month from now, it's going to be, that's like an older build. It's going to be much better than that. We're like, okay, all right, okay, cool. The game comes out and, and it's like, wait a second. No, it's, it's exactly like how it was in the beta. There's still all these issues. Don't worry. It's coming out, but we'll fix it. We'll work on it. Seven months go out, eight months, nine months, new games come out. Halo comes out, new Call of Duty comes out. They're like, all right, 10 months later, here you go. Here's a fixed version. The game is fixed and it's like crickets. Everyone's like, okay, cool. Thank you for letting us know, but we've already kind of moved on. There's a new Call of Duty, there's a new Halo, there's a new Killzone. I don't know what other first person shooting games will come out within the span of a year. But that's what happens. That's happened with Battlefield 4. That happened with Battlefield 1 did a pretty good job, I, I believe. But Battlefield 5, and now that's happening with Battlefield 2042. And it, it, it really, uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me as someone that was really looking forward to Battlefield 2042 and played like crazy amounts of Battlefield 5 because I, I love that game. It was so fun. I played with my friends all the time. We were playing it recently as well before Battlefield 2042 got announced and everything. So it was exciting. I was like, yeah, we're going to get a modern version of Battlefield, which I won for a while now. But like, you know, like they're doing, they're taking all the right boxes, like fine, there's no campaign, but the game's going to be good, right? The game's going to be fun. And that's kind of what I was going in with. But instead, it's like, okay, no, it's good. It doesn't seem to be well optimized for a PC. So I'm like, okay, should I get it for like the PS5 or my Xbox or something? But then even then we, again, we don't know about the consoles, I believe fully, because they only gave codes for the PC for, for previews and review, reviews. And we know what happened last time when that happened, um, Cyberpunk 2077. So like, it's again, like it's the same thing with Cyberpunk 2077. It's not a bad game. It's just not a completed game on their end. So it's up to us to say, okay, should I jump into this game now? Or should I just wait? We know in five, six months, either way it'll be on a discount. And then we can just pick the game up at that point. And it'll probably be a lot better. But again, like that's the thing. Like we also have to, we'll be also be kind of like hopeful on our part that people are still playing this game at that point. It's just disappointing. And I, I, I don't, I'm hoping it's not, I'm hoping it's not a repeat of Battlefield 5. But when a game like this is sandwiched in between Call of Duty Vanguard, which is essentially Call of Duty Modern Warfare, with a World War II skin. And I'm going to talk about that in a, in a bit. And it's sandwiched in between that and Halo Infinite, which is a multiplayer game that everyone loves. And the, the hype around Halo Inf Infinite's multiplayer has never been bigger. Like Halo 5 didn't have this kind of hype. Halo 4 didn't have this kind of hype. But because of the hype around it, people are so excited about it because the beta did such a good job. The beta sold everyone on the game. And that was an older build as well. Like kind of like what Battlefield 2042 
like the developer said, but even for people who play the beta, it's like, even if that's the final version, this holds up, this is a good game. And you know, you're putting your game in between that and this is the type of game you're releasing and this is the type of previews we're getting. It's just not a good sign. It's just not a good sign for them. So I really do hope, I really wish them the best because I really want Battlefield to succeed. But at the moment, I think it's definitely a wait for a patch <laughs> kind of a thing. Wait for like a couple of months, see how it's running, see what it's doing. If you have a PC, like, I don't know. It's, it just depends, right? It just depends. I've, I've noticed that with my PC, I have a pretty, I have a really good PC, but some games run weird and some games just run crazy good. And it's you like some of the, the games that run amazingly well are the games that are supposed to be very like GPU, CPU intensive, but the games that like don't require your GPU, CPU at all, sometimes they're the ones that suffer. I don't know why, but like, you know, you just don't know. If you're on a console, I would wait. I would definitely wait until you see some gameplay or some reviewer, previewer tell you that, yeah, yeah, I played on PS5, I played on PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X or whatever. And yeah, it runs well. Then definitely check it. Then make your next step of, should I wait for a patch or not? <laughs> you know? So that's my take on Battlefield 2042. I really hope, I really hope it does well. Uh, the next thing I really want, quickly want to talk about, maybe just like I'll spend like a minute on this, but why is nobody talking about Pokemon? Because isn't Pokemon Brilliant, Diamond, Shining Pearl coming out in literally like a week or so? And these are po like remakes or remakes, yeah, remakes of Pokemon games that were arguably the biggest Pokemon games like ever on the DS and everything like that. Po I remember playing Pokemon Diamond. So like even for myself who didn't really play every single Pokemon game, I know these the series like Pokemon Diamond and, and Pokemon Pearl. So, but like, for whatever reason, I just don't see, and maybe again, like this is me saying this right now, and it'll be one of those things where it's like, when you see the sales, it'll just be shooting up the charts and whatnot, you know? But like, it's just weird because Pokemon, when, when the Let's Go game came out, I remember people were talking about it. When Pokemon Star and Shield came out, everyone was talking about that game. But for whatever reason, this game has just been embedded and just kind of gone to the side. And I don't know if it's a marketing thing. I don't know if it's because it's a remake, or I don't know if it's just people just saying, okay, like I get it. Like here's another Pokemon. Um, I'm pretty sure more people are excited about Pokemon uh, Le Arceus Legend, Legends of Arceus, whatever the one, the open world one. I'm pretty sure more people are excited about that because that even I'm excited about that one. And that one comes out in a little bit. So I don't know if it's like too many Pokemon games within a small time frame. If people are like excited about Pokemon, but they're looking at that game, but they're forgetting that this game's also coming out. I don't know. I would love to know. I would love to know if... You all are excited about Pokemon. I just kind of wanted, wanted to really quickly bring that up because it was really weird. Like usually I would be hearing about Pokemon all over the place. I would be hearing my friends uh, talking about it. I was hearing, I would be hearing my, uh, you know, random people that I, I, I know here and there bringing up Pokemon people that I even know would game being like, hey, yeah, I'm getting a new Pokemon game. I'm like, what? I didn't know you play video games. What the hell? And like, for whatever reason, I'm not hearing that at all. And I know there's a lot happening in the world at this moment as well. So there's, obviously like different things and plus there's a lot of other cool games coming out around the same time frame like you know for the horizon cod vanguard the g3 trilogy uh battlefield 2042 very soon so i don't know maybe maybe something else. i don't know i don't know what's happening let me know i actually want to know and i actually i also mentioned that i will be playing battlefield 2042 tomorrow because i think you get 10 hours with the ea play thing so I'm definitely gonna check it out. So I think at least next week, I'll be able to kind of tell you what I think about it as well. I'll try, I'll try to play it on both, on Xbox and on PC. So we'll kind of jump into the games that I have been playing. So I already talked about Forza Horizon 5. Love that game. Check it out if you have Game Pass. If you want to buy the game, definitely worth the buy. 
The next thing I want to talk about is Grand Theft Auto, specifically San Andreas, the definitive edition from the trilogy. I haven't played all three games, but like at the moment, that's the only one that I have played um, because that one and Vice City are the ones that I have the most, the biggest, the most memories of. In a way, I never really played GTA 3 that much. So I, I felt like it made more sense, you know, for me to talk about San Andreas first. And like, it feels good. It looks good-ish. <laughs> like you can, like in some areas, I'm like, damn, like look at that ray tracing or like look at those light reflections or whatever. I know there's no ray tracing, but like, I'm like, damn, like it looks really nice actually. But at the same time, because they kept the models and everything the same, and except they just kind of smoothed out the edges, it still looks like an old game. But like the 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 controls feel good. It's at 60 FPS on my Xbox. It plays really well. And this is the first time I'm actually like focusing on the story because I realized when I played this, I was I was I was a kid, right? Obviously, I shouldn't have been playing this game at that time. But I was a kid, so I never really cared about like following what's happening in the story. I just wanted to do the missions. I just wanted to like mess around, which is what most of us did in GTA. I I think I properly played a GTA game and when when GTA 4 came out. Yeah. GTA 4 was the one where I fully followed through with the story, did all the DLC stuff, and I was like, wow, this is great. And then I played GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption and all that stuff. So like that was like my full like actual proper introduction to Rockstar games. But like this one, I just it was more like, okay, let's just put a cheat code. How do I get a tank? How do I do this? How do I get how do I do that? So like now that I'm playing it, I'm like, okay, like this is actually cool. I actually wanna know the story and I the gameplay is it feels a lot better. The, 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 there's no input lag when I'm playing with the controller or anything like that. Like the, the gunplay is very, very similar. Uh, and not exactly the same, but very close to what it's like on uh, GTA, in GTA 5. So you'll kind of see that comparisons being made. But overall, like I honestly, like if, if you're someone that like has a lot of nostalgia or like really like have some great memories with, with the GTA trilogy, I honestly don't think this is a bad pickup. Like $60 for three games, it's like $20 per game. It's not bad. You, you could wait for a sale or you could get it on Game Pass. You can at least get San Andreas on Game Pass and GTA 3 on PS Now if you want. Um, but if you want to get all three, I don't I don't think that's a bad buy. Um, if you're someone who has never played these games and want to jump in, I I feel like for, for someone like for, for someone like yourself, I honestly cannot recommend the trilogy definitive edition at this price to jump in. I think if it's half price, if it's like $30 for all three of them, I would be like, yeah, check it out. If you like GTA 5, you like GTA 4, you like Red Redemption, check this game out. It's actually really, really fun. You'll, you'll enjoy these games. You'll get hours and hours of fun in these games. But like $60, it, it's like one of those games that like I can see people who have nostalgia for these games jumping in and having a great time. But someone new coming in, they'll be like, I, I spent $60 for this, for these weird polygonal plastic looking characters and, and whatnot, you know, and and like outdated jokes and everything. So that's just like my take on it. Like, let me know if, if anyone of you haven't played the game and what you think about it so far. Uh, but for someone like myself who played GTA San Andreas, again, like not properly and whatnot, but like just going to relive it, it is it is pretty fun. The next one, I I, should, I guess we can kind of end the podcast with this game. It is Call of Duty Vanguard. And I went in this game, I went in initially thinking that, wow, Call of Duty is not going to do well this year. I went in thinking, why are they going back to World War II when, you know, Modern Warfare did so well. Black Ops Cold War went to, you know, like the Vietnam War, like 60s, 70s, 80s. Oh, no, actually, no, it went to the 80s in that one. It went to the 80s. And it was like, okay, like that was modern-ish. And then they're kind of going all the way back to World War II again when we have Battlefield coming out and Halo coming out, which are more modern, if not futuristic combat. 
So it's like, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? And then obviously I was like, okay, fine. You know what? Like, that's okay. Let's put that to the side. Maybe that, maybe that will be a, a downfall for their multiplayer. The second thing was the, the campaign. I was like, okay, this campaign, they already did a very, you know, engaging saving, saving private Ryan ish campaign with World War II. What are they doing? Why are they, why are, are they just trying to do saving private Ryan too? There is no sequel for that, for that movie, right? Like it, it does, it just doesn't make sense. We've already kind of done that. So that was like the, those like the two kind of things I went in. Zombies, I, I was like, yeah, zombies, zombies, it'll be fine. When I found out that Call of Duty Vanguard was running on the modern warfare engine, which Black Ops Cold War was not, um, and this is not being made by Infinity War, it's made by Sledgehammer. So like when I found out that this was being made with that engine, I was like, okay, I'm I'm intrigued because I because Modern Warfare was like is like the last Call of Duty game that people loved. Uh, even though it was only like a little bit like it wasn't like you know it didn't come out like five years ago or anything like that it came out in 2019 but that was like the last game that a lot of people were like oh yeah this now we're back call of duty is back so i was like okay so they're bringing back that engine and then when i jumped into the multiplayer for call of duty vanguard i i, I was like okay wow this this basically feels like a more refined call of duty modern warfare than the reboot i feel i need i need to pre like preface that but it, the reboot version and i was like wow like this this actually feels pretty good. I should say the multiplayer does have some issues when it comes to its pacing of sorts. And that's what, it's, that's what it's called in the multiplayer and the filters. So they have like this pacing where it's either assault, tactical, blitz, something like that. The idea if it's tactical, it's 6v6. I think if it's assault, it's 12v12. And I think the blitz one, I think it's 24v24. 20, 24 so basically, it goes from small amounts of players, like a, a few amount of players, versus to, to like you know, like this battlefield level amount of players. What we know, most Call of Duty players know, is the six v six, right? And occasionally, I think I think there were like a few more that had more, but six v six is the is the main one. If you go in playing the tactical pacing mode or whatever for any game like team deathmatch, whatever, it's amazing. It's so fun. The maps are awesome. The game plays really really well. Everything like that. If you go on anything above that, 12v12, 24v24, you're just going to be spawn killed every five seconds. That's, that's literally what happened to me every single time. And I think that's what, that was, it was frustrating me for a little while because when I first jumped in, I was hating the gameplay. I was hating it because I'm like, this is horrible. I'm not even able to move. I can't see anything because the, uh, it, it just, it maybe just, it's just me. Like just the enemy identification through your reticle and whatnot is just terrible in this game, at least for me. And I was, and at the same time, I'm just being spawn killed every few seconds. I was not enjoying it until I figured out what the pacing thing was. And I put it to tactical. And then it just changed. Everything changed. I was like, having a great time. I was like, yeah, this is, this is a Call of Duty that I love. And it doesn't feel like I'm playing a World War II multiplayer game. It just feels like I'm playing a Call of Duty multiplayer game. Even though you have those weapons, those weapons, for whatever reason, still feel, feel kind of modern-ish, if, if you get what I'm saying. And... I, it's weird how this game changed me. I was I was going into this year being like Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042 are the only games that will matter. Call of Duty is gone. It's done. And now I'm playing Vanguard and I'm enjoying it so much to the point that I'm like, I'll probably be playing Vanguard more than Battlefield 2042 um, if I decide to skip on Battlefield 2042 completely until uh, the patch comes out. And until obviously when Halo Infinite comes out. And I, it's just surprising. I'm just so surprised. And I think a lot of people just kind of put this game down, including myself, thinking that this is it. This is Call of Duty's year to step away and let Battlefield and Halo take over. But I'm here to say that Call of Duty Vanguard, the multiplayer, is really, really great. 
the single player i haven't jumped in i will jump in like i said from what i've seen so far i'm like okay like I, it's not the reason it's not the thing that's making me buy that game it's not the reason that i would jump into this game like if you're going into this for the campaign i would say um i don't know i don't think that's a good idea i think go in if you're into the multiplayer and have friends to play with and also for zombies and the overall package i guess right the idea that you get three modes like for you to play but like if you're going in for the multiplayer yeah, this game is good. This game is actually really, really fun. And I'm really surprised and I apologize in the past when I I was making fun of Call of Duty and saying that, yeah, you know what, this is not a good game. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna do well. The um, the alpha that I played w did not feel good and whatnot. I was like, nope, this is it. I think this is the year Call of Duty goes away. But like, I'm here to say that Call of Duty has made a comeback surprisingly and it's doing really well, I think. So we can leave the, the episode there. Thank you so much everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com that's amandamangames at gmail.com let me know what you have been playing let me know if you've been playing the gta trilogy for the horizon 5 quad vanguard and whether or not you are still excited for battlefield 2042 and also whether you'll be jumping into the early access on ea play slash game pass slash ultimate edition whatever but let me know if you'll be jumping in and i will bring you my thoughts next week thank you so much everyone bye